This is Rush to Reason. You are going to shut your damn yapper and listen for a change because I got you pegged, sweetheart. You want to take the easy way out because you're scared. And you're scared because if you try and fail, there's only you to blame. Let me break this down for you. Life is scary. Get used to it. There are no magical fixes. With your host, John Rush. My advice to you is to do what your parents did. Get a job first. You haven't made everybody equal. You've made them the same, and there's a big difference. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Are you crazy? Am I? Or am I so sane that you just blew your mind? It's Rush to Reason, brought to you by Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. With your host, John Rush. And I'm your host, John Rush. Rush to Reason, KLZ 560. Again, thank you so much for joining us. I do appreciate it very much. And again, had a great hour always with Dr. Kelly Victory and Steve House. I know she was a little bit late joining us today. And uh, Steve and I covered things up till then. But it's always a joy having her. So I appreciate that very, very much. All right, question of the day. I always save that until now because it's, it's tight during that last hour. So yesterday's impossible question of the day. Name the four men who are typically counted as founding fathers but did not sign the Declaration of Independence. And nobody guessed this one that called in or texted, I should say. Somebody on the website might have. But the answer is George Washington, John Jay, Alexander Hamilton, and James Madison. So they are the four founding fathers that did not sign the Declaration of Independence. General George Washington was commander of the Continental Army, of course, and was defending New York City on July 1776. As instructed by John Hancock, Washington read the Declaration of Independence to the Army on July 9th. John Jay was a delegate to the Continental Congress in 7576 and would later become its president, but was recalled by his home state in May. Alexander Hamilton was only 19 years old in the summer of 1776 and was with the Continental Army in New York City when the Declaration of Independence was drafted, approved, and signed. In 1776, James Madison was just 25 years old and a member of the Virginia State Legislature. He became a delegate to the Continental Congress four years later in 1780. He was the youngest delegate at just 29 years old. Now, I don't normally do this with questions of the day, but you look at those gentlemen— Look at what they did and look at what some of their ages were. And I'm sad to say there's very, very few young people today of the same age that could found a country. Sorry. (laughs) They're lucky to get out of bed in the mornings, show up to work on time, change a flat tire. Nonetheless, found a country. So I'll I'll leave it at that. Today's impossible question of the day. Answer this on the RushToReason.com website. Name the date that the Continental Congress actually voted for independence. And by the way, John from Cheyenne got this right the other day. I believe it was last Friday. So, uh, John, thank you from Cheyenne. He got that answer correct. So he knew that answer. So you can cheat and go back and listen to last Friday's show. You can also Google it, of course, but don't cheat. Just do your best to answer it that way and or you answer it online and do it that way instead. All right. I have a interview with the with a, not the, an AP, can't talk, EPA, Environmental Protection 
agency. And this was sent to me by somebody, and then I went and looked it up on YouTube as well. And I will, let me delete that for just a second. Charlie, hang on, let me make sure my sound is correct before we do anything else here. I should have done this earlier. I apologize. I I get so many things going on before showtime, sometimes I do not look to check to see how this is all done. So there's an ad. Let me get this ad out of the way. I'll play it while we're talking. But there, there, this was sent to me by somebody, and this is an interview by Anna Paulina Luna. And she basically is just talking to the, this particular director of the EPA. And she asked some very pointed questions, which got to hand it to her, because these are the type of questions, frankly, I would ask. Because bureaucrats, unelected bureaucrats, by the way, have as much, if not more, impact on our lives than the elected ones do. Problem with the appointed ones is you can't do anything about them. They're there. Now, typically the administration or the governor or whatever, you have a lot to do with the appointing of those. That's why we always say elections have consequences. But a lot of folks don't think that way. And these appointed people really do have a big effect upon our daily lives. All right, let me just play what she has to ask him and his answers, by the way. And this is a takes about four or five minutes. I may stop and talk during the middle of this, but here we go. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, Mr. Goffman, thank you for coming in today. Um, just out of curiosity, have you ever owned a business? Sorry. Have you ever owned a business? I have not. How long have you been in this position? My current position? Yes, uh, or the, at the EPA? Uh, two and a half years in this position. Okay, and what did you do previously? Uh, I worked uh, at Harvard Law School. What did you do there? Uh, I uh, was the executive director of a, a legal research. Okay, where she's going with this is, and I'm sorry, but I'm just going to say it this way. This guy's never had a real job. That's really where she's going with this. He's going to set policy on how all of us that are in the business world operate, but he's never himself written a paycheck, owned a business, or frankly, had a real job, but he's going to set policy for the rest of us. Program. Okay, and you were there for how long? Uh, three years. Okay. Um, have you ever been to Anchorage, Alaska? No, I have not. Have you ever evacuated a hurricane in Florida? Uh, no, I have not. Okay. Um, and my final question, a little bit more personal, but how much do you make a year? Uh, I, th- I know it's kind of random, but I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. Um, uh, about $175,000 a year. Something oh, my like gosh. That. You're doing better than I think we Okay. I've got to stop there for a moment as well. You're in a pretty large position with the EPA. You knew going into the job what your salary was going to be. And by the way, a lot of these guys make a lot of money outside of their positions that they're appointed to inside of these agencies, just so you all know. So probably in his defense, probably why he's trying to struggle with how much money do I really make is because he's got other income coming in out of other things he typically does that allow him to make a lot more money than 175. So a lot of people are thinking, well, you should know that number off the top. I said, well, yeah, I believe he should as well. But keep in mind, they're making a lot of money in other ways besides that. So when he's looking at his total income, he's probably thinking, well, I don't know. I really don't know. And that's kind of the answer you're getting. Dr. Taxes, right, guys? Um, anyways, the reason I ask that is because right now what I'm seeing is the EPA, not necessarily you, but as a whole, people advising on legislation that's impacting Americans who not 
might not be as fortunate as us, right? So right now, the average cost of an electric vehicle is around $66,000 a year. You have black Americans average income, 45K a year, and Hispanic Americans on average making about 58K a year. So when these policies go into place to force someone to buy a new vehicle, ultimately what ends up happening is many people can't afford that. Uh, places like Anchorage, Alaska, I had the opportunity of being able to go out on a Codel recently. And you know what I'm hearing from out there is they do rely on gas-powered vehicles, especially because of the environment that they're in. And in an event like in Florida, when you've had to evac, we can't necessarily rely on electric vehicles because of the fact that, one, Florida's a very big state, and also to the fact that there's not enough charging stations, nor is there the infrastructure in place to, I think, provide the support needed for an entirely electric grid, not to mention that there's a national security issue that goes hand-in-hand -hand with that because of the fact that if the electric grid is hacked, ultimately what ends up happening is it can shut down our entire country, and that's something that I'm sure that you would even agree is a bad thing, correct? Yes. Okay. So my question for you is, what is the EPA doing to actually talk to normal people, people not in Washington, people not at Harvard, people not in Congress, to ensure that they're being taken care of? Because these policies, this legislation, not only is it going to impact jobs, not only, not only will it really attack the economy, but it's going to hurt Americans. So are you guys doing any outreach to actual normal people to see? <laughs> really quick, I got to stop. I love she just keeps saying, are you guys actually talking to normal people about how this might affect you? She's a representative from Florida, by the way, current representative. But I love the way she's couching all this. Are you actually talking to any normal people about how what you're doing policy-wise may have an impact upon them and their lives and the lives of their family? I love the fact she does that. They agree with any of this legislation. Uh, thank you for that question. I engaging with... Uh, everybody, if you will, is an absolute priority whenever we undertake rulemakings like, like this. Okay, i am got to stop again. Lip service. When have any of us, and I've got a wide audience, you know, we cover four states roughly, when has any of us in this listening audience ever had someone from the EPA call you on the phone, send you an email, and say, hey, I want to know about blah, 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 blah. H how is the elimination of gas stoves going to affect your life? How is the elimination of ICE vehicles, you know, internal combustion engine vehicles, going to affect your life? Get where I'm going with this? How often have you or anybody that you've known of ever heard from someone from the EPA when it comes to some of these things? Frankly, I never have. And I don't know of a single person that's ever told me that, oh, hey, the EPA called me the other day and they wanted to know what I thought about such and such. This guy is full of you know what. Um, we talk to industry. We talk to our uh, co-regulators in states. Uh, and we, we talk to our co-regulators who, frankly, sit on a high horse like he does. And they have no idea either what goes on with the common man in America in that state also, the, these are typically activists that are on these particular regulatory boards that make all the decisions that impact your life that also have never written a paycheck in their life. Definitely uh, arranged to meet with peoples and in people in communities across the country on a number um, of, of our rules. And what we hear the most from the people we talk to is that Reducing pollution in their communities is a top priority. 
I mean, I think everyone wants a clean community, but the problem is, is that if you have people in poverty because of laws that aren't necessarily reflective of the areas that they live in, that's going to cause more issues long term than I think what we can do not only to promote clean energy, which would be, in my opinion, nuclear energy, um, but then also to making sure that we're not sending our industries to places that don't respect the environment. And thus, regardless of what we do here, for example, in some of these Asian countries, they might be destroying the environment. So it doesn't matter what we do here. Um, I have a question about Toyota Auto Corporation. It's estimated that about 1.2 million public charges by 2030 is what is needed. That's about $400 per day. How many public chargers are going to be going online per day right now? Uh, in the, I, what I do know is that in the last couple of years, uh, there was a 40% increase in chargers, which now bring us up to a total of 130,000 chargers. Do you know how many per day are going up? Because right now, to hit those metrics, it would need to be about 400, 400 per day. I don't know how many uh, are going, going up, but I do know that Congress passed two significant pieces of legis legislation that will boost um, the de deployment of chargers. Okay, the my private final... sector is making significant investments as well. Okay, my and my final statement because I'm short on time is like, look, I know you're in a very important position, but I just hope that you're taking into account people that might not necessarily have the resources when you guys are making these decisions because it's going to impact a lot of people and it's going to hurt Americans. All right, I got a few more things to talk about on that as soon as we come back. I'll take a break, though, and do that. If you got a comment, by the way, on anything that was heard in that particular little clip I played, lines are open 303 477 5600. Affordable interest mortgages next. Kurt Rogers, anything you need when it comes to a mortgage, give Kurt a call. He is my broker, 720 895 With everyone wanting more of your money from eggs to gas to taxes, how do you keep more of what you've earned? Call 720-895-0500, Affordable Interest Mortgage, where we can show you how to pay less interest on your home, have access to your equity for 30 years, and be prepared for unexpected expenses or emergencies. The market has changed. You now have more buying authority whether you want to purchase with a rate in the threes on a 3-2-1 buy-down or refinance and pay less interest to own your home faster with the Asset Manager Mortgage. Call Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500, where we've been serving Coloradans for over 20 years. Government agencies continue to raise the cost of financing, whether to purchase or refinance. Let us show you how not to pay these increased fees with loan programs designed to pay less interest and put you in control of your equity. If you want to purchase a home with the rates in the threes or you want to have access to your equity, call Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. In these difficult times, you can still save. 720-895-0500. That's 720-895-0500. And MLS 298-191. Regulated by door. Absolute electrical, plumbing, heating, and air, the quiet, cool system, which this time of the year especially is a huge saver for you when it comes to running your air conditioning. Give them a call today. Find out how that would work for you. Again, you can find them at klzradio.com. Your air conditioner is costing you a fortune, and Denver is the perfect climate for quiet, cool, attic, and whole house technology so you can save money and enjoy a cool home. Absolute Electrical Plumbing, Heating, and Air is now your source for quiet, cool technology. With a quiet, cool whole house or attic fan, you can use the cool evenings and mornings to your advantage by pulling the cool air in and pushing the hot air out, giving you a lower baseline temperature to start with and ensuring that your expensive air conditioner isn't doing all the work. The U.S. Department of Energy calls quiet, cool fans the most cost-efficient way to cool any home. 
Don't sweat your way through the summer this year or pay a fortune to run your air conditioner. Get a quiet, cool attic or whole house fan installed with Absolute Electrical Plumbing, Heating, and Air today. KLZ listeners can save $300 on a quiet, cool installation. Just go to klzradio.com absolute and fill out the short form. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical, Heating, and Air. High Five Plumbing, keep that number handy, especially as we head into the Independence Day week, 877-WE-HIGH-FIVE. High Five Plumbing will help you keep your basement flood free with the right sump pump solutions. High Five can save you from water damage and costly foundation repairs. A sump pump replacement isn't an expensive fix, but putting it off can lead to more expensive repairs like flooring, walls, and mold damage. Basement flooding can also lead to eroded foundations or even cause your house to shift. With increased rainfall, sometimes it's necessary to install a second pump to handle the extra water volume. It's hard to tell if the pump is working on your own, so have High Five come out and take a look for you. As a valued KLZ listener, you'll enjoy a waived service call fee and $50 off the repair for a $100 total discount. So call High Five today at 1-877-WE-HIGH-FIVE or go to klzradio.com slash plumbing to schedule your visit. All right, Premier Home Remodels right now, uh, 10% off a home remodel. And keep in mind, they can do everything from an expansion of your home, the basement, bathrooms, kitchen, you name it. They can handle it all. And just go to klzradio.com to find them there. Premier Home Remodels will customize your home so you can remain in it and grow comfortably for years to come. With their creative expert team, Premier can design the features needed or add the extra space to your home, making it more suitable for your family and safe for you to age in place. They're experienced in retrofitting homes, meeting all your needs now while ensuring you are prepared for the future. Premier Home Remodels will help you design the right changes to accommodate your entire family. And with Premier's years of construction and design experience, they know how to make the aging in place transition just the way you want it. They want you to have a home you'll be excited to live in. Let Premier help you today. Receive 10% off your remodel this month with Premier. Go to klzradio.com remodel and let Premier turn your home into the ideal home for you now and in the future. Putting reason into your afternoon drive. This is John Rush. All right, we are back. Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Ken and Berthet, how are you, sir? Yeah, doing really good there, John. It's good to hear from uh, you. I really, I know. I, I, I told them, I said, you know, I've had three car radios and none of them picked up AM. <laughs> this is the first. I had to get a new car because my last one was totaled and this one picks up AM. Well, thank you. I'm glad you're back. Thanks for listening, Ken. Yeah. So, you know, I'm curious. I really enjoyed that little excerpt that you played, but there's one thing that has troubled me from day one on electric cars. No one, I, not even once, have I ever heard anyone talk about the used car market because, you know, these batteries are going to be used. I drive past a Tesla dealership every morning, and they have the car lights on every morning in the dark to show off the cars. Well, now you buy that car, and that battery is going to have, you know, X number of hours 
use already on it. Right. You know, if you buy a, a used car, how long is this battery going to last, and what's that going to cost you? Uh, and, you know, I've talked about it a little bit. You may not have been hearing, the, you know, the days that I did, but I've talked about that to some extent on, on the Daily Show here and on Drive Radio on the weekends. I don't probably do it often enough, Ken, to your point. And, you know, this one comes down to it depends. Every manufacturer, I shouldn't say every, certain manufacturers are using certain types of batteries in their EV technology. Some of them are similar. Some of them are literally worlds apart. And it just depends on the manufacturer and which, which, you know, which type of battery are they using. Now, all that being said, some of the batteries after they've had an issue, let's just say it that way, because some of them can have issues when they're new. Some of them can go for 10 plus years and not have any issues. Each one of those is different, just like a battery. You know, the main battery in your car is different depending upon lots of different factors. And the same thing is true in the EV world. Now, there are a lot of uh, there are a lot more companies coming online. Even some of the people that I consult and coach in the automotive world are learning more and more about EVs and have the ability to fix some of these things in the aftermarket outside of having to even go back to the dealership to get these fixed. So, frankly, uh, Ken, I think that's where you know, capitalism will come along and a lot of independent repair shops will learn how to fix these things and even take the different cells apart and repair them and put them back in the vehicle. So, to me, that's not quite a, as big of a deal as just flat-out mandating everybody's going to drive one. And to the point of that last, you know, that last clip I played, there's a lot of folks out there that just flat can't afford that. What about the one I thought it was awesome, the point she made, that if you have to get out of Florida because there are hurricanes, are they going to drive along with, uh, you know, battery chargers? That's a great question. She makes a great point because, you know, some of these EVs, depending upon what you buy and when that emergency may come, you know, if somebody's been driving for quite a little bit and an emergency comes along and they've only got a 100-mile range left or even lower than that, that's going to present a problem on some of the things that she's talking about. Now, I will say that a lot of the newer vehicles, uh, Toyota in, in particular, their new line of EVs that they are planning on releasing by about 2025, 2026, which is only a couple of years down the road, will have about a 600-mile range. So as we get more use on these and more technology abounds, if you would, Ken, and they, and they change some of the battery technology around, you're going to see longer and longer distances. Now, all that being said, yeah, if you all of a sudden have to drive cross-country, and she was talking about even the charge stations, which, you know, we're nowhere as close to having enough of those to do what's needed. And one of the things that she didn't ask, and probably because she's not as in tune to this as maybe somebody like I am, I want to know out of that 130,000 stations that that gentleman was talking about, how many of those are fast-charge DC stations versus just regular level 2 stations? Because there's a vast difference between those two, because a DC station can charge up a vehicle in a matter of, you know, 15, 20 minutes max. A level two charger, in, for example, my case, I get 50 miles an hour out of that. So I want to know out of 130,000, what type of stations are they? Because, frankly, 130,000 level two stations means nothing to us. You, you know, just, just for the record, you and I and everybody in Colorado has been on I-70 at some point when there was a rock slide. Yep. And you just sit. Yep. And you just sit and you sit. And, you know, I just don't know how they're going to get the people separated, what they're going to do. They're going to need big cranes to lift cars and turn them around and put them on the down. Well, there's definitely a planning. And this is what's different between it and an ICE engine. It's There's more planning needed, which, frankly, Ken, most people don't do a very good job of. But ICE vehicles don't need 
and don't require the same planning or the same forecasting, maybe is the right way to say it, when you take a trip as what an EV would. Now, I will say this, that a you know, fairly even half-charged EV sitting in traffic, like you just said, don't drain the battery as fast as what some folks would think. And I, I can tell you that just from experience. So that's kind of one of those things that a lot of folks don't realize. They really don't drain the battery just sitting there, quote-unquote, idling. They don't use as much battery as you would think they would. But you still are going to have to forecast and plan ahead driving an EV, which, frankly, can if you look at the gas gauge and you're heading up over I-7, you got a good half a tank of fuel, you're liable to be just fine no matter how long you have to sit. Yeah, you know, I think this, this show you're doing today has worked really good with the, the shows your son has done about the cars he's test driving. Thank you. I appreciate that, Ken. I, I mean that sincerely. We, you know, we do our best and and we try to squeeze everything in as quickly as we can sometimes. But if anybody ever has questions on particular vehicles, as you know, Ken, you can always text or email. And typically, we've had experience and driven one of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's coming, isn't it? Yeah. yeah I mean, now here's real quick. Here's the other thing that I was going to talk about today because government wants to mandate. EVs, and they want to get to a very high saturation rate, 60, 70, 80%, you know, by X time. And I think they're very, very naive, by the way, in getting there because people still have to buy the cars. You know, they're mandating, and this is different than health insurance. I mean, let's let's face it, Ken, this isn't like Obamacare where they can kind of go into their industry and change the regulations and people are still going to buy health care because they have to have it. This is a situation where if somebody likes driving the vehicle they have now and they can keep maintaining it, let's face it, we've made vehicles good enough now, Ken, where they can drive these things two, three, four hundred thousand miles even by changing some components. They can just keep driving and driving. That's the one thing government is forgetting when it comes to vehicles. Well, let's say they did like triple the price of gas, okay? Well, if people cannot afford the cars, so then what are they going to do? How many people are they going to have on welfare that they don't have now? How many people are they going to have on unemployment just because they can't buy that $40,000 used car? You are, you're spot on, Ken. And, and here's the other thing, too, and this is something that, that uh, as, as we all know, capitalists do a really good job at finding alternatives. So my feeling, even if gasoline gets to that price— They'll figure out other alternatives to get that price back down because, as you and I both know, people are just not going to spend six, seven, eight dollars a gallon. That's just—it's suicidal, even in even in our our country. It's it's, it's not going to happen. I, I that's a prediction I can almost bet on. Not going to happen, which means. It's not going to work for government because people will just keep driving their older ICE vehicles as long as they can, no matter what the government does mandating new car companies to do. They'll just keep driving the old vehicles. Well, maybe I'll listen to another show. You'll talk about then who's going to pay for the roads. Uh, even, yeah, even that, Ken, and thanks for bringing that up. Even that, the EV end of things, states, because that's where that's typically controlled from, states are going to have to figure out a way to tax, road tax, EVs because they pay no, you know, fuel tax, so there's no road tax being paid by them. In Colorado, it's very nominal. And the problem you've got, and this is an issue even in Colorado, the little bit that they collect from EVs is not like a road tax because it's convoluted. In other words, they may charge fifty bucks, let's say, a year for an EV, but all fifty dollars of that is not going into the road tax fund. They skim off the top as they always do, Ken. So even in Colorado, the EV tax, quote unquote, they charge an EV owner, all of that is not going to a road tax which, again, most people don't realize. 
Well, how about this, too? Because I, I don't know how they compensate them now, but I know just a few years back when I worked in Boulder, uh, one of the major dealerships there, the owner was saying that if they were to stop compensating, you know, uh, the whatever you call it, the rebates on right. the cars, he right. said he would never sell a single uh, electric car. I, I think that Andy and I were Andy and I were talking about the other day. You'd see a significant drop off in what gets purchased. You will see, I believe, still people buying them. But Ken, right now, it currently when the, when it comes to the EV world, this is something government will not tell you. In the EV world right now, it's a luxury item. People buying EVs are typically, you know, middle class, upper middle class, or even the rich that are actually buying EVs. It's not the average person buying an EV. Right now, to own an EV, you typically need to have it stored inside a garage, which means you're already at another level than what most people are at. You have to have the ability to put a charge station in the garage. You know, down the road we go, Ken, there's all these different factors in this that government is not counting on. And the reality right now is, and it's even getting worse, because even like the Chevy Bolt, which I own, which is a very economical EV, it's going away because Chevy's not going to make it any longer, which means all, all that's happening now is there is no economical choice any longer for an EV. You're paying 60K or above to go buy an EV. And to your point, if it's not subsidized, most of those won't get sold. Well, so, you know, it, it's going to be a trip down the road. I mean, because we bought the last two cars my wife and I bought, we put down 20 grand each, so we pay cash. Well, that isn't going to happen. No. It's That's not. Over. You're right. No. no, it is not going to happen, Ken. You're 100% correct. Yes. And if most people cannot even, what is it? How, what percent is it that can't even afford a $500 check in this country? 40%. And, and so what are they going to do? Uh, they, they're they not going to be driving in an EV. I can tell you that right now, Ken. Yeah. Not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a great show, John. Thanks, I Ken. No, I appreciate you very much. Thanks for calling in. And uh, old listener, by the way, I haven't heard from Ken for a while, but I really appreciate him listening and calling in. Golden Eagle Financial, and a lot of what we're talking about has to do with finances. you got to be dialed in. Make sure you know where you're going to go in your finances so you can make it to retirement. That's Al Smith, Golden Eagle Financial. Find Al at klzradio.com. Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial is the coach you must have to prepare your retirement for any contingency. For more than 30 years, Al has seen retirement plans interrupted by the need for long-term care, sudden unexpected emergencies, divorce, or many other things that can stop you from enjoying your retirement. Al Smith knows that there's a 50% chance that you'll need long-term care at some point during your retirement and a 25% chance that the care will be for longer than a year and a half. These statistics are why Al works so hard to make sure that you're prepared for whatever comes your way. Al also knows that people often don't consider these events until it's too late to overcome them. Be informed and prepared for a successful, enjoyable retirement. Use Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial. Don't wait any longer. Schedule a short introduction at klzradio.com slash money to strategize your retirement dream. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC. A registered investment advisor, BCM and Golden Eagle Financial Limited are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. Stream Auto Repair, for some of you that may be even traveling, listening to this program, and you might need some repair help on your vehicle, uh, including some of your larger vehicles that are out there. Extreme Auto Repair can do that. The dealership alternative, 18 service space to take care of you. They're in Parker, 303-841-1071, or find them at klzradio.com. Summer is time for graduations, road trips, and... 
car problems. You can rest easy because AAA Certified Extreme Auto Repair offers free pre-trip vehicle inspections for you and your family's safety. During the spring and summer when temps fluctuate, the parts on your car expand and retract, making them lose grip on the parts to which they connect. This can mean that your vehicle may run fine on your way out of town, but you could be in big trouble down the road. Batteries lose charge in extreme hot or cold temps. Brakes can lose grip under the increased strain. Fluids can get backed up or coagulate. Belts, hoses, and the cooling system need inspected. Any number of other things could go wrong. Extreme Auto's ASE certified master mechanics will advise you on anything that they see that looks questionable and recommend fixes to you with no pressure or obligation to fix the problem there. An appointment is needed for the inspection, so head over to klzradio.com slash extreme or call them at 303-841-1071 to schedule yours today. KNR Home Transitions, two realtors for the price of one. Ask about the re-up program and how that would work for you. Call them, 720-437-8210. You're stuck. You need to sell that house. Inflation means a remodel is going to cost a fortune, and high interest rates means your price is spiraling by the day. KNR Home Transitions uses a revolutionary new service called ReUp to do it all for you. ReUp will remodel your home at no upfront cost and split the profit with you when the home sells. Think about it. Sure. You could remodel the place yourself, put in the work, hire and pay the contractors, clean the messes, and market it online yourself. But your time is valuable, and you don't have months to do it and foot the bill for the work up front. You want your place sold now and for what you feel it is worth. K&R knows your market. They know what sells, and they can be a one-stop shop so you can go about your life without worrying about the stress that comes with doing a remodel to sell. Get started now by going to klzradio.com home or call them at 720-437-8210. That's 720-437-8210. You're listening to Rush to Reason, brought to you by Absolute Electrical Plumbing, Heating, and Air. All right, we are back. Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush. David calling in. David, you're up. What's going on? Hey, John. I hope you and your family and Charlie and your whole crew have a wonderful Fourth of July weekend. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, David. A couple of questions on the EPA. Wasn't there a rule a lifetime ago that they had to take into consideration the cost uh, uh, impact on the public with anything that they did. That I have no idea, David. That's a, that's that that's news to me. If they did, yeah, that I, so somewhere in my feeble memory, um, I remember that in the in the concepts of everything that they did, they had to be cognizant of that. You have a bolt. What is does it cost more to insure electric cars than it does no. a regular? No. Actually, it's a little does, less. Is it? Yeah. Huh. No issues there at all. Well, I, you know, of all the things that uh, Ryan and uh, McConnell did in their blocking Trump through the whole process, if somebody would have just promoted a bill that sat there and said the EPA cannot pass any legislation or any measure without the approval in the House and the Senate, it would have stopped them dead in tracks. Agree. 
You're right. And and again, as I said but, earlier, David, and you know this, they at this point in time they don't really have to do anything. You know, that and I had a great text message from somebody that came in and said basically what the EPA currently does is yeah, they may check with some other regulatory agencies. They may give a window of time for people to comment, but they're not out doing town halls and talking to folks like you and I when they make policy. I've never once heard of that ever happening. No, the EPA views the American public as stupid Yep, and, peasants. Uh, and fire, That's and right. We're just peasants. That's right. That's right. So they're doing they're doing God's work. You have so got that speak. right. We, we are yep. the imbeciles of the world. We are. They are the elitists. So yep. Take yep. care, buddy. Thanks, David. I appreciate it very much. And yes, I fully believe that's exactly how most government agencies, especially though the APA, looks at us. If you've ever had any dealings with anybody from the EPA. You will know exactly what I mean. Have any dealings with the local health department and tell me I'm wrong. David is a thousand percent correct. We are the peasants, the imbeciles of the world. We have no idea what we're doing. We are scourged to the earth. And it is their job, their duty to eradicate us and everything we have to do with destroying the earth in their mind. That's how they view us. I have yet to see very, very few health departments that are much different than that. And some of you that are out there listening that run restaurants and the like, you know exactly what I mean by that. Occasionally, you'll run into a, you know, a good apple, a good egg that's in one of those organizations. But typically, they are nothing but a bunch of bureaucrats that are, in fact, your enemy that could care less whether you stay in business or not. They don't care. Now... I do feel, and I've got some text messages coming and going when it comes to the whole EV thing, I do think that government in general is in for a rude awakening because they are flat out right now just not being adopted like government thinks they should be. And I, I, you guys know, I own one. I own one so I can learn about them and know exactly the ins, the outs, and so on. And I think it's been very uh, informative and helpful on my end to learn more about them so I can share all of that with you. I also drive a few as test vehicles. I actually have one right now. I've got one of the new Volvo EVs right now. And I will tell you that they are exhilarating to drive. That is the one advantage they have over an ICE engine is they are exhilarating. What do I mean? You know, what do I mean by that? Some of you are saying, they don't look exhilarating to me. Oh, don't, don't knock it till you drive it is what I say. They are neck snapping quick. And I mean that sincerely, even my little bolt. It is instantaneous power. The minute you step on the accelerator pedal, it is gone. It's that fast. And some of them are even faster than others. And and some of them are extremely fast. I mean, there are some EVs out there that are as fast as some of the, the, you know, fast supercars that are on the road today. In fact, the Tesla Plaid. Uh, that's their their high-end quick model. It is the fastest car in production right now, period. So you can't knock the way they function in that regard, but are they being highly adopted? No, they are not. They are still waning when it comes to sales. In fact, there's inventories of EVs when there's not inventory of ICE engine vehicles, cars, and trucks. And we've got companies struggling to stay afloat. Lordstown just filed for bankruptcy. I believe it was Charlie yesterday or the day before. They just took out bankruptcy. They're suing Foxcom, who was supposed to buy them. And there was a big to-do there, and all that didn't work out, and they're broke. And that was a big deal touted by the Trump administration even back in the day. Lordstown, you know, building pickups. They revived an old GM plant, and on and on we go. And it was supposed to be, you know, the savior of the town. Well, they're broke now. 
Haven't even gotten a vehicle to market hardly that I know. I've never seen a Lordstown truck running around. There was a partnership for a while with GM. Rivian. Rivian is, you know, they're afloat, but they're needing money to keep going on a regular basis. Lucid, same thing. They need rounds and rounds of funding to keep going. I can name a lot of the EV manufacturers right now, EV-only manufacturers, and they're struggling. The only reason why the major manufacturers like Fords and GMs of the world are able to do what they're doing is because they're making a boatload of money on the rest of the vehicles they sell, and they can, quote-unquote, subsidize their own EVs. And then, of course, Ford gets a $9 billion no-strings-attached loan from the government the other day. Conveniently. $9 billion. It's a lot of money, by the way. Why did it go to Ford versus Rivian versus Lordstown versus some of the other EV makers? Good question. These are questions, by the way, that I think should be asked on Capitol Hill. The Senate should do some investigation and find out what's going on here. Why did we give this money no-strings-attached to Ford? There's rumors out there that there's not even a repayment plan for this $9 billion we just gave them as taxpayers. By the way, $9 billion is a lot of money for a company. Ford's losing a lot on the EV side. Uh, they're making it up on the other. But, you know, companies can only do that for so long. And unless they've got the ability to subsidize one arm through the other, in other words, the more EVs they make and the less ICE engine vehicles they make, the less profit they have because none of them, none of them other than Tesla, are making money on EVs. None. Zilch. Zero. And if I'm wrong, go find the stats and show me. But to my knowledge, not a single company building EVs is making any money. And the ones that are EV only are struggling because they need rounds and rounds of funding to keep making money, you know, to keep making product, not make money, but to make product, to keep cash in the bank. Ford's losing billions. GM is discontinuing the Bolt and putting that into other things that they're doing. Their Hummer EV, which they touted and has supposed to have been a really good moneymaker for them, they can't make enough to even supply the demand they've had for that vehicle. Again, folks, I'm not against EVs. You all know that. But are we going to have the saturation rate the government wants anytime soon? No. No, flat out. We're just not. And I'm not against EVs. I think they serve a purpose and they work well for certain individuals. Is it... Is it something that is better for the environment? No. Flat out, no. Anybody selling you on the fact that, a, that an EV is better for the environment is an utter total moron. Who knows nothing about how cars are built. Oh, Siri's trying to talk to me, Charlie. What did I say that would have gotten her going? That somebody's an utter moron? Apple's listening. Yes, I just said that. I'll say it one more time. People promoting EVs as being more environmentally friendly than an ICE engine are utter morons. They have no idea what they're talking about. They have no clue how how lithium batteries and what's in an EV is made. They have no clue all of what it takes to actually make a vehicle and bring it to market. All they're simply looking at is there's this quote-unquote clean energy, electricity, that comes out of the wall or comes out of a station, you know, charge station, and charges up the vehicle. Most of them have no idea where that electricity even came from. None. Clueless. So, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. American National Insurance is next. Paul Lewinberger, my good friend, wants to help you with all of your insurance needs. And, again, Paul's a great guy. You can speak face-to-face on whatever it is you need when it comes to insurance. Just give him a call, 303-662-0789. Paul Lewinberger will teach you how to pay for home insurance the right way, saving money on premiums while protecting yourself from catastrophic costs in the future. 
American National Insurance keeps premiums low by attracting clients who choose to self-insure the small stuff. Most people don't understand basic economics, so they file claims all the time, driving up the cost of insurance year after year. You listen to Rush to Reason, so you probably have a better head on your shoulders, financially speaking, than the average homeowner. Still, you can learn new strategies from Paul Lewinberger to practice responsible money management. The smartest homeowners only file claims in emergencies, opting to pay out-of-pocket for everyday expenses. Personal responsibility benefits everyone, enabling you to afford total loss coverage. Call John's personal insurance agent, Paul Lewinberger, with American National Insurance for details about his one-of-a-kind rebate program, 303-662-0789. Michael Bailey Law, he is our mobile estate planner. And again, make sure that your estate is in order. I had a conversation with one of my clients earlier today about that very topic and even even was asked, hey, what should I do? And my answer was, I have no idea. I'm not an estate planner. You need to talk to Michael and figure out exactly for your situation what works best for you. Best way to do that is call Michael. Find him at klzradio.com. Michael Bailey would never write a will for a compromised person because he has an obligation to protect his clients. Depending on the emergency, Michael's ethical responsibility as a counselor at law may prevent him from creating a last-minute estate plan because you can't always make rational decisions under pressure or even have the ability to make decisions at the end. Plan ahead. Give yourself the time to clearly and calmly establish your final wishes. Call KLZ's mobile estate planner now before the situation becomes problematic. 720-730-7274. 720-730-7274. All right, speaking of vehicles, if you need a vehicle, you want to trade up, trade down, whatever you're looking to do, need a, a teen vehicle, college-age vehicle, you know, college-kid-age vehicle, whatever you need, they can take care of you. They've got a great inventory and can find things that you may want. So just give them a call, 303-442-4141. That's Ridgeline Auto Brokers at RidgelineAutoBrokers.com. Are you in the market for a reliable car that won't break the bank? Drive Radio sponsor, Ridgeline Auto Brokers specializes in quality used cars that cost between $15,000 to $25,000, making them a great option for first-time drivers or anyone looking for a good deal. They pride themselves on providing a transparent and hassle-free car buying experience. That's why at Ridgeline, they never charge a dealer fee. Plus, all vehicles are inspected by Legacy Automotive, a Colorado Select member and sponsor of Drive Radio. For a limited time, they are offering first-time customers the first oil change for only $1. Every car comes with a 30-day warranty, with the option to purchase a service contract. And at Ridgeline Auto Brokers, there are competitive financing options to fit your budget. If you cannot make it to the dealership in person, there are videos of all Ridgeline cars for sale on their website at RidgelineAutoBrokers.com. Call today at 303-442-4141 to schedule a test drive or visit RidgelineAutoBrokers.com. Ridgeline Auto Brokers, the smartest way to buy a car. A business that simply closes its doors loses almost all of its equity. Unless you have a plan for handing your business off to the next owner, you will not see the most financial return for your investment. You've invested years of hard work into your business. Make sure you retire with a long-term plan for your business to continue running without you. 
John Rush needs about two years to get your business running smoothly enough to sell. Start now and in two years, you can retire with a tidy profit knowing your investment has paid off. Email john at rushtoreason.com. Live and local, back to Rush to Reason. Lots of comments, by the way, whenever I do an EV topic. And I guess what I really need to start doing is just planning like, you know, one day a month to cover that because there's always a lot of questions and comments and just learning that goes on with that. And I do my best to stay up on that, as you guys all know, on almost a daily basis. So I I will do that. I'll start putting that in my notes and start taking a segment a month and, you know, or even longer, maybe an hour a month and just start doing uh, that as well. So and thank you, by the way, for all the text messages. Somebody said, bottom line, doesn't matter how great a product is, I shouldn't be forced to buy it. I don't want or can't afford. It's not the government's role to tell me what I should or shouldn't be using, buying, eating, drinking, and so on. Fully agree, by the way. Fully, fully agree. Uh, we need to keep our independence even along those lines. And somebody also said, you think we could have a civil war? Too many good old boys... Uh, including those that drive trucks and so on, um, at some point we're going to have to fight back. And, yeah, you know what? Government, I think right now, if they forced EVs upon everyone and even made it some sort of a rule where if you drove a particular vehicle, you'd have to have permission to drive said vehicle, say a truck, F-150, whatever the case may be, yeah, it'd be total mutiny. And I would hope that they're smart enough to understand that, that if you went and mandated this is what you're going to go buy, because we won't allow you to drive anything else, um, yeah, all hell would break loose. I have no other way to say it. Now, will they try to work around that through making it more expensive to do certain things? Sure, they, they will definitely try their best to do things like that, and that's where we for sure have to push back. It's one of those things that we will have to do. And, yes, I'm all for that. I'm not for civil war, but am I for pushing back? When it comes to certain things and making sure that our voices are heard and doing whatever we can to basically tell them to pound sand, absolutely, absolutely we should. One more side note before we go to break. I have noticed that there's a couple of other police agencies, counties around town, that are cracking down once again on expired license plates. You know, the paper tags and or just registrations that have expired. So if you're... Somebody listening to me with expired tags probably have pushed the limit because they're going to start cracking down. Arapahoe County being one of them I was reading about, but there's several others that are really now starting to crack down. I will say I don't see as many of those as I did, although I'm still seeing them. Wife and I were behind just a regular, you know, steel-plated vehicle the other day that was expired some six months ago. They're going to crack down on those things. So, folks, if you're running around with expired tags or an expired temp tag, even by just a few days, they're cracking down because they know that right now everything works and there's no reason for you to go beyond your 60-day permit. 60 days, two months. You buy a car, newer use, you have 60 days to get it registered. If you can't do that in 60 days, that's on you, not anybody else. There's no excuses. Oh, I didn't get my paperwork. Oh, There are none. 60 days. If you don't have it done by then, that's on you. The rest of us are doing it. You can as well. I really, frankly, folks, have no sympathy for anybody running around with expired tags of any kind. You can say it slipped through the cracks all you want, but no, it didn't. You look at the vehicle daily. You know exactly when it's due. You got a card in the mail saying so. If you didn't renew it, 
that's on you, not me. The rest of us are paying. You should as well. Roof Savers of Colorado coming up next. And again, some of you are still going through. We had some storms roll through here not long ago. Today, you may find yourself the victim of hail, wind, anything along those lines. And if you need a complete roof replacement, uh, Dave Hart at Roof Savers of Colorado can do that for you. He can also repair your roof, extend the life of it. But bottom line, he can replace it commercial or residential, by the way. 303-710-6916 or find him at RushToReason.com. Summer hailstorms have returned with a bang, leaving roofs across the front range in need of repair or replacement. You need to know what options will be best for your home. Here at Roof Savers Colorado, we pride ourselves in helping homeowners maintain their roofs through hail or shine. We work with any insurance company to get your damaged roof the replacement it needs. However, if you are looking to get more life out of your current roof, we also offer a 100% plant-based rejuvenation treatment that gives new roof performance without all the new roof costs. With over 20 plus years of roofing experience, we believe in helping you determine the right solution for your situation and through every season. If you think your roof has been a victim of hail, contact us to set up your free inspection and receive an honest evaluation about the condition of your roof. Call today at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916 or go to RoofSaversCO.com to keep a durable roof over your head. This isn't Rage Radio. This is real, relatable radio. Back to Rush to Reason. All right, we are back. Closing out this hour, somebody also said that uh, EVs weigh a lot more than regular vehicles do. They're, you know, their sister counterparts, if you would. True statement, they are on average about 1,000 pounds more than what their sister ICE vehicle would be. Now, in some cases, that still doesn't weigh what, you know, an F-150 or something like that would. But bottom line, they're not paying their own way. I talked about that earlier. They're not paying enough in road tax to pay their own way. They're in a lot of ways getting a pass on that. And frankly, that needs to be taken care of as well. So there's lots of things. If we're going to head down this path of electric vehicles, even on a a small saturation basis, they need to be paying their own way. And frankly, right now, they are not. These are things where we've got to get legislatures to look at that properly because that's the only way it's going to get fixed. You're not going to fix it. You, you know, local county, local city, local jurisdiction cannot fix that. That has to be done on a statewide basis, state-to-state basis, because that's how a republic works. It can't even work on a national basis. This is a state issue that has to be solved on a state level, and state legislatures are going to have to be the one that fix this. So we'll be back. Hour number three is next. Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560.